Um, can I open things up with a shower memory that I Please. had? Yes. <clears throat> so this is like a super random memory that came to me uh, that I feel like really illustrates our like family dynamic, our Mormon family dynamic when I was really little. So it was general conference. I was probably like eight, nine, <laughs> something like that. You were accountable. <clears throat> I was accountable. Yeah. And that, <laughs> that plays into this. And we conference had ended. We were leaving the stake center and we were in the Buick LeSabre, I <laughs> assume. The memory has Buick vibes. Our parents, you and me and our brother, I think it was like the whole squadron. Sure. And we're like, I don't know, all like jazzed about conference and just riding that high. And we're all just like shooting the shit, talking about <laughs> our our peaks and our valleys from conference and i for some reason like somebody mentioned like oh i loved what president hinckley had to say because of course gordon b hinckley yeah, was he the was the man the time. god bless which man what an era yeah oh the know. hinckley era <laughs> so pure <clears throat> we could get into that um and i decided to make the like this shitty little comment that was like yeah i really liked what he had to say when he wasn't coughing into the microphone oh my goodness isn't that a crazy thing to say i was like crucified <laughs> in that moment like evil it was speaking like, of the lord's anointed katie darkness <laughs> fell <laughs> it was it was a moment for me i'll never forget it that's so funny that you probably thought you were just being like hilarious and a little bit edgy uh-huh and yeah, we had like a lot. we could not handle it as a family you guys couldn't handle it and like yeah it's not a joke i would have made today he was an old man he was probably a death store you know that's not yeah. very sensitive uh but yeah yeah i remember being like man these people suck like, also he lived anything. a good decade longer so you were <laughs> fine dude let me let me live you let were just trying my... out your comedy chops exactly let me do my bit <clears throat> here's a little known thing about katie katie loves to tell embarrassing stories about me on the podcast but rarely has try. them told about her try so katie went through a phase an era where she was obsessed with joke books and every day, every night, every moment was reading out of joke books and then running jokes by me. <laughs> and we shared a room and like, until the moment you like passed out from exhaustion, you were just like, like pummeling me with corny jokes from joke books. Mm. And I'm like, literally begging you to stop. Like, please, <laughs> I cannot take one more and so finally i the adult in the situation the like i think i was probably 18 at this point and you were like 10 9 i hid your joke books because mm. i couldn't take it anymore and you know what i think that that's fine because i want to say i think that there was like a little bit of an element of i want to torture you like i was doing mm. it for the torture well and you worked. know what's really interesting What's really interesting is that I don't know any jokes. Yeah. I didn't take any of those with me. 
the one and only joke I know is one you told me as a child from a joke book, which is, what do you call a fish with no eye? A uh, fish. That's a good one. I'll allow Classic. that one. You know, when they're really short, you know, if it's really short, I'll allow it. But there's so, really nothing I hate more than a knock-knock. Oh, not at that time, Katie. Not yeah, at that time. I'm sorry. So clearly you were in your jokes, your jokester era. Yeah. <laughs> and you tried yeah. one out on the fam and it kind of bombed. Yeah. I hadn't discovered my comedic style yet. Yeah. <clears throat> what a great memory. Um, welcome, please bless this podcast. This is the podcast where two sisters talk about all things Mormon and pop culture. And sometimes whatever you guys want us to talk about. <laughs> Whatever you say, we will talk about it. Yeah, the premise for today's episode is a little bit different because we have accumulated like a handful of listener questions that are a little bit like disparate, but kind of fun to talk about. Don't necessarily have like one particular pop culture tie-in, but whatever. We just want to answer the questions. We just want to <laughs> give describing- you what you want. You're describing every episode, but yes, thank you. <laughs> sure, sure. I guess. It's all loosey-goosey over here at Please Bless This Podcast. Yeah. And we love it that way, and we hope you do too. I have to say, after the last episode, a number of listeners um, have wished us a wacky wild condom-style summer. And <laughs> we love that. Yeah. Fifth grade me would be scandalized horrified that this is coming back around in my adulthood but adult me loves it adult me wants to call my mom and tell her yeah it's therapy we appreciate it yeah it's healing i've also had a a couple of text threads about the song digital get down oh where people were like omg i was like just young enough not to realize what that song was about And I was like, oh, I was just old enough to know that I couldn't listen. Yeah. Just because you didn't know what it was about doesn't mean it wasn't damaging your spirit. I couldn't listen and still hold my head up in sacrament meeting. (laughs) I I couldn't listen without losing the light in my eyes. Oh, man. So what are we talking about today? So what are we talking about today? Um... A number of things. Like we said, listener questions. So one listener question that we received from a friend of the podcast is, uh, do Mormons believe that other Christians are quote unquote saved? So this question is from someone who has never been Mormon, grew up Baptist. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, wondered like, do Mormons think of other Christians as being saved Mm -hmm. what would you say is the short answer (laughs) yes Um, or no um no but i feel like mormons would say yes and i feel i kind of do because there is a long answer wherein the answer is not no Okay, I think if you talk to a 1990s Mormon, the answer is a hard no. A hard and fast no. Mm -hmm. Short, sweet, simple. But yes, 
there are some nuances there and we want right. to maybe get into that a little bit i think a mormon would be desperate to make the answer not no hmm. because it, you know the image of it sure all. i guess context matters here if a baptist walked up to a mormon and said do you think that i'm saved the mormon would give an answer that's yes if yes right. but sure and if right. two mormons are talking to each other and say what do you think about baptists do you think they're saved it's a hell no absolutely right. not period and that tells you a lot of what you need to know about mormons yeah you know what it does yeah <laughs> okay so the longer version of the answer when this uh friend asked about it i said you know well first of all uh a mormon wouldn't say you're saved period that's not like really mormon lingo right at least it hasn't been traditionally to talk about people being saved or not that's just not really the way we've we talk about it. no and like i think the there's a concept of salvation obviously but like from my experience growing up mormon we knew that other Christians talked about being saved by like accepting Jesus into your heart. And right. that was kind of like scoffed at as like, that's yeah. just so silly. That's empty. That's the easy way out. Like you don't just like accept Jesus once and then be saved. Right. right. That's not a thing. No, you yeah. don't on the, on the airplane crash on the ride down, you can't just say a prayer and then right. early gates no no yeah um there's like a um a scripture in the book of mormon that mormons love to use to justify like why they're better and more saved than other christians but also like it's a great way to shame everybody and the scripture is by grace we are saved after all we can do mm. <clears throat> mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. Uh, the grace of Jesus Christ, like of believing in him, accepting him, does ultimately save you. But only after you have just driven yourself into the ground with effort. To clarify my answer, I feel like I'm coming from a place of having posed this question a lot when I was a kid because it super freaked me out because mm -hmm. I didn't like the thought of like everybody like going somewhere different than me like I was like I want to I, I mean I've always been freaked out by like the afterlife and death but I'm mm -hmm. like I like earth like I'm chilling I don't want anybody to suffer <clears throat> and so I was like told earth. to me I like <laughs> earth <laughs> I I think the the simple way that it was explained to me that gave me comfort that I think you know it, whatever it's just like well if they'd didn't know about the gospel on earth then when they die they'll get the chance to accept it and if they do it's all good and why wouldn't you accept it if yeah if, if you're you already, already believe in jesus and you're trying to be good right like obviously you're gonna just be open to more right and that's why i think mormons would say it's not a no because yeah. why would you why wouldn't you be down with that yeah Come on. I think there's so much to unpack here. It's like yeah. I'm my head is kind of spinning with like all of the nuance of this question for Mormons. Right. Because like 
what does it mean to be saved? Well, Mormons think basically they like to say there is no hell except outer darkness, but very few people go there, but actually quite a few people might go there. (laughs) But, um, but like any of the kingdoms of glory are not hell they're heaven, except if you don't go to the highest degree of the highest heaven, it actually kind of is hell. So it's like, (laughs) <laughs> exactly this is one of the reasons we need to do a plan of salvation lesson which mm-hmm. we talked about last time like a full-blown like here are the laminated visuals from my mission like let's walk you through the plan of salvation because it is a roller coaster ride yeah so yeah a mormon could if confronted by a christian asking this question be able to like equivocate a yes Mm-hmm. because the structure is pretty mm, open yeah <laughs> to interpretation right yeah. but ultimately only mormons and specifically only heterosexual mormons married in the temple mm-hmm. are making it to actual heaven the tippity top yeah <laughs> they're the only ones who are gonna like live in the presence of god become like god become gods is what we were told back in the day. I know. They've walked Can I talk about... Right. Can I talk about the Mormon guy that I argue with on TikTok Live briefly? Because it's pertinent. Okay, there's this man, this man (laughs) on TikTok, this Mormon man who doesn't... This is the thing that annoys me. He doesn't really post any content. Like, sometimes he'll post little snippets from, like, a conference talk that he liked or whatever. Whatever whatever dude this guy i'm getting so fired up just thinking about it i actually looked him up today because i was like i'm in the mood for a live just to see if he was live anyway he's just this like whatever in his 40s white dude he's been a bishop has the look i mean you can tell he's always met one you've met them all right he look it looks like his life is literal hell okay <laughs> but anyway he is always on his live and there's like a squad of us that always show up and we just like lay into him oh my gosh, <laughs> it's dying. crazy and like listen i'm a nice person i'm not like being like fuck you or like you know i'm yeah. being like whatever but i like i just kind of like will say sassy things in response to him when he's being like just so full of shit mm-hmm. anyway he talks a lot about colob because people always want to be bringing up colob they're like so what's the deal with colob and this you gotta me. give a little context for people who are like colob oh my god okay colob <laughs> i mean it's the planet it's the fucking it's the mormon planet yeah it's all just google it (laughs) k-o-l-o-b welcome to the weird shit moving i I suppose we should probably (laughs) talk about collab more in depth in depth at some point but we're not doing it right now (laughs) and this guy is really trying to play it off like collab is a metaphor Mm. and that that is what he was taught and that (laughs) is what he has taught and we are all like what and i'll be like that's a lie i'm in the comments like getting so heated because like it's a lie like we were taught that collab was real like it's yeah a, it's it's like where god lives right yeah and it's a yeah we were told it's a place right but brigham young also said people lived on the moon so or did he say the hey, sun? Man. I can't remember. 
either way the sun is crazy (laughs) i can't remember which one it was somebody who knows is probably listening like damn these ladies and their misrepresentations of batshit crazy prophecy right i know i'm like i'm arguing this guy as if i know anything as if i know what i'm talking about at all but i grew up in the church in the 90s and we were talking about collab we were singing about collab yeah if you if could, you hide, could a hide a collab in the period. twinkling of an eye <laughs> and then i remember you doing... onward from that same shit mm. what are the words uh... something to fly <laughs> oh boy <laughs> so i like, used to have like... every word of this song memorized it's wild Uh, we like i remember doing like an art project where we like drew our planet and like drew what was on our planet and stuff like not a metaphor no 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 we were told you will become gods you will have planets you will make planets you will populate those planets that is what eternity is that's what salvation is that's what it means to be saved and now they're like we never said that right He's like, that's crazy. Yeah. Who thinks that? I'm like, literally every Mormon I know thinks that. I know. It this I guy can't even I'm talk about you it. You guys pray for me. Pray for me with this guy. I don't even know how you ended up in this person's orbit because it's not like you're on like Mormon TikTok. I'm really not like on my personal TikTok. I'm not on ex Mormon talk no. real, really, no. or and definitely on Mormon TikTok. I know I keep it so guy. separate. He snuck his way in with his little face. The algorithm just knows that every now and then you need a good fight. Oh man, yeah, it's the only. It's the only. He's the only guy that I uh, am like a little bit of an asshole to. So sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway Um, what the hell are we talking about yeah how did we end up here all i can think about is the hymn if you could hide a collab now it's just is it haunting you winkling in my brain (laughs) um so (laughs) this this friend this listener who asked like do mormons think other christians are saved i asked back i was like growing up baptist did you think other christians were saved Mm -hmm. and she was like "Mm, yeah i guess i did like even if they weren't Baptist, if they like believed like the kind of fundamentals and I was like, okay, like what? And she said like, basically like the Nicene Creed stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh yeah. So that's a big difference yeah. because Mormons think the Nicene Creed is evidence of like widespread mass apostasy in Christianity. Yeah. Right. So another um this is the first lesson that missionaries teach if you ever meet with mormon missionaries at least it was i don't know if it's changed but they teach you about the restoration Hmm. of the gospel of jesus christ so the church according to like what was on the earth when jesus was on the earth um was restored through joseph smith that's what mormons believe and mm-hmm. for it to have been restored, it means it has to have been lost, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is that after Jesus died and was resurrected and his apostles were killed and the teachings were like morphed and rituals and practices were lost over time, um, there was this great apostasy, this great falling away. Like the truth was scattered and lost. 
Mm -hmm. And things like the Nicene Creed are evidence of that to Mormons because they're like, see this like committee of people gets together and decides what God is and what Christianity means. Like that's baloney. (laughs) Like we, we don't believe in any of that. We believe in what was revealed through a prophet during the restoration. So like the Nicene Creed, like one component of that is this idea that there's a Godhead, like God and Jesus and the Holy Ghost are like one. Mm-hmm. Mormons the do Trinity. not believe that. Yeah. Mormons <laughs> do not believe that. They think that's like an abomination, uh, an apostasy driven belief. Yeah. So like basically the exact opposite of what like my friend was saying, like, well, sure. If you're a Christian and you believe these basic things and Mormons are like, oh no, no. Those are the very basic things that right. sh- that are the problem. Right. You know, that's funny. I remember actually one of the few times that like a peer really laid into me as a Mormon. I mean, like, you know, I got picked on all the time, but the only (laughs) time somebody like my age really laid into me, it's sad to say that honestly, because adults laid into me all the time. But the only time a peer laid into me was she was a Catholic and she was like, oh, you're not a Christian, like really aggressively, (laughs) like wanting to fight with me about that. and I'm like yeah sorry don't believe in the trinity yeah you know (laughs) I'm also a child could you not yeah I'm also like 16 years old and she Mm -hmm. was just like so impassioned about it and like so freaked out about it and I I remember like making a jab at her like be like oh did you guys like have a special like Mormon day at your youth group where you like they gave you some like talking points to like pick on Mormons like (laughs) Because it's like, it was just so like, yeah, give it a rest. And she had like nothing to say. She was just like, sure. you're not a Christian. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're a child. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had so many adults. Shout out to Mr. Daly, my high school physics teacher, for example, who <sighs> like in public to my face as a kid were like, oh, you're going to hell for being a Mormon. <laughs> Because you don't actually believe in Jesus. And I was like, yes, I do. And they're like, no, you don't. So yikes. So let's like, to be fair, you know, yeah. do Christians think, or do Mormons think other Christians are saved? No. But do other Christians think Mormons are saved? No. 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 At least not in my experience. No, in my experience, like I felt like growing up, uh, people's idea of mormons was like they're they were really messed up yeah like people were like oh my kid's not allowed at your house or you're not allowed at my house like that level of like i don't trust your dad your dad probably has secret wives and <laughs> it's like oh my no, gosh a lot number of kids growing <laughs> up who asked me how many moms i had oh yeah off the charts <laughs> can't even tell yeah. you yeah and I would just laugh. <laughs> but inside I was like sick to my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> like horrified. Like, yeah. do I need to do I need to throw down here? <laughs> am, I spo- am I required to fight this? Because I really don't want to. Do I need to. to throw down for my for my polygamist ancestors? Yeah. <laughs> right. Brutal. Yeah. Anyway, love that question. Very interesting. Opens up so many avenues. We probably should do like 
some videos that are like, here are the basic lessons of Mormonism, the restoration, the plan of salvation, the like, the big, like, Mm -hmm. this is what you need to know to get baptized. Yeah. Wouldn't it be hilarious if we made episodes like that and someone listened to them and was like, I want to join this church. You know what? This sounds really compelling. I'm going to read the Book of Mormon and then they're just in. It's beautiful. Okay, another listener question that we want to talk about. So after our episode on garments, where we got into a little bit about the temple and especially like the washing and anointing ceremony when you receive the garments, we got some questions about like, can you just do like an overview of the temple? Like high level, what's going on in there? Okay, that's a big Big question. Yeah. Yeah. I did a little timeline. Here's like a quick little timeline, a little historical context. Oh, very nice. 1836. So the, okay, back it up. 1830. Mormon church is founded, organized. April 6th, 1830 is the big day. Jupiter is, you know, on fire. (laughs) Joseph Smith's like, let's fucking go. (laughs) The astrology was astrology and the church is founded. So six years later, 1836, the first Mormon temple is completed in Kirtland, Ohio. And like from the jump, Joseph Smith's like, we ought to build a temple. But Mm -hmm. remember from our like divinity rod episode that Mm. um, the divinity rod bros were wanting a temple way back when. So the idea of like temples was around. Also, a number of people in Joseph Smith's family were Freemasons and they love a temple. So like temples were always in the mix. But that first temple that opened in 1836 is nothing like uh, Mormon temples became at all. But they had a temple. Um, And then, you know, they leave Kirtland, Ohio, because everybody hates them. Eventually... They end up in Nauvoo. 1839, Joseph Smith is like, hey, celestial marriage is a thing. And by that, I mean plural marriage. I mean political. (laughs) The two are synonymous at this stage, Mm -hmm. right? And he's like kind of secretly teaching it at this point. Um, And there are some historians who say he was being sealed to women as early as 1840. But like broadly, no, he wasn't, is the story that was being told. Mm. 1840, the church starts teaching baptism for the dead. And Mm. this is going to come into play in temples. So ceilings, baptisms for the dead. These are all going to become parts of the temple. But it's not like a coherent concept at this stage. It's like we're putting together some pieces and eventually we're going to end up with the temple. Right. They're just doing stuff and seeing what sticks. They're making stuff up and they go, you know, it's 1839. Joseph Smith's like, how can I have sex with every woman I want um, without like getting in trouble? Oh, I know. Yeah. Celestial marriage. And I am also like a little bit of a right hand magician. How can I do like some weird little rituals and like, you know, how can I practice my like freaky little magic? Yeah. Right. And he's also like, you know, I have some relatives I've lost and that I'm sad about and I know other people do. And this could be big business. This could really attract some people. If I'm like, the dead can be saved. 
So let's yeah. baptize him. You know, <clears throat> he's just coming up with it as he goes. Seeing yeah, yeah. what sells, seeing what's sexy, right? Yeah. He's so, a salesman. <laughs> 1842, we get the first endowment ceremony where you, it's not in a temple because they don't have a temple at that point in Nauvoo. It's in a store, the red brick store in Nauvoo. Nice. Um, and it's, uh, you know, there's some like instructional stuff. There's some ritualistic stuff, some signs, some tokens, but that's first endowment ceremony. Um, believe it or not, mere months before that fateful night, Joseph Smith was initiated into the Freemasons and went through their initiation ceremony, which looks, again, as we've discussed, shockingly similar. You don't say. Some might say the same. (laughs) Signs, tokens, promises, you know, penalties. We got it all. Mm. And there didn't seem to be like, even an attempt, an effort to like differentiate them. Yeah, he just lifted it. <clears throat> like a lot mm-hmm. of these dudes doing the t- endowment in the church were Freemasons. They were like, yeah, this is what we do. They just kind of like put it in the context of their made up religion. So that's cool. Um, yeah. Some <clears throat> Mormons who believe in Mormonism. Um, like to say that the origins of the temple endowment are from like Solomon's temple in the Bible. And they kind of explain away the Freemason link as like, well, the Freemasons kind of picked this stuff up. Like it got kind of passed down. Sure. Sure. And the Freemasons got a bit of it. And then Joseph Smith like took it and ran with it and like restored the fullness of it. And that's a stretch. I have heard so many believing Mormon adults who are smart people say Mm -hmm. exactly that. Yeah. I've heard that pre-ex-bishop on TikTok say that. (laughs) Yep. I'll bet you have. I'll bet you have. I bet he <laughs> loves Solomon's Temple. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so that's all in 1842. 1843, we get the first second anointing. And we'll explain a little bit more about that. Oh, but um, it's Joseph and Emma Smith who get it. And that's mm-hmm. bringing out the big guns. Like, we are serious. Again, we still don't have a temple. But we are... <laughs> getting some ordinances off the ground they're cooking 1844 is when joseph smith dies at that point only about 50 people had been endowed it's like relatively a small thing so like i think a lot of mormons think about you know the restoration happened through joseph smith and and that means all of it was restored but like really the temple as we know it as like a cohesive place where all these ordinances were going down as they currently look it that's not what was what happened no like he was dead before the temple became what the temple is as of 2023 the church has 184 dedicated temples around the world 52 under construction and 97 more that have been announced and what's the deal with that i mean the ex-Mormon conspiracy theorists love to be like, these buildings are tax write-offs. Yeah. 
they announce so many more temples than they build to give the illusion of the church's like growth and prosperity. Yeah. So that members think, oh, the church is growing when no, they don't even intend to build these temples they're announcing necessarily. Yeah. It seems like that's true to some extent, but also that they just like can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like right. the got church unlimited funds. Unlimited. They could build as many as they want. So yeah they're just gonna keep doing it because it looks good and they're nice and you know but like membership is uh not looking too hot and in some of the places where where they're they're throwing in an extra temple it doesn't make any sense like in some of these european countries where they just have like a few thousand members and you know it's europe they can bebop around to get to a temple we don't need to be adding more temples Mm -hmm. and they're just like we're adding more temples yeah we're gonna keep it going i mean i've seen some reddit threads that are like i am a member in whatever state in the u.s and i go to the temple and it's empty and they just announced a new temple like 45 minutes away and i'm confused because we can't even staff the one we have you know and yeah. those kind of posts like really raise eyebrows because what are we doing if we're just building more temples to build more temples? Also, at this point, the church's like investment portfolio is assumed to be as high as like $250 billion. So when we say they have unlimited <laughs> funds, yeah. like I Truly. think at this point, like it's like they have more money than the pope they have more money than like everybody so yeah when we say the mormons can afford to build temples they can afford to build them and as many as they want like the sky's the limit so that's a little timeline let's talk about these main mormons call them ordinances or like rituals in the temple so we have baptisms for the dead um washing and anointing endowment sealing and then second anointing. Mm-hmm. So baptism for the dead, you can start doing when you're 12. So we've definitely both done that. Mm-hmm. And it's an experience. Do yeah. you have memories of this from childhood? Oh, yeah. Talk oh, to yeah. me. Um, scary. <laughs> um, not. Gosh, I mean, I remember it vividly. You, you, it's um something that you are are planning in advance. Like all of the youth in your ward are gonna go on some day, probably some Saturday or something, mm-hmm. um, to the temple, and uh, you're gonna do baptisms for the dead, and that's all you know, you know, and and you, if it's your first like temple ordinance, it's a big deal. And I remember in preparation being told like you're gonna um wear all white i think when you're that young you just wear something that's like issued to you by the temple yeah like you don't have your own temple clothes at that point but yeah you go in and you put on these like all white clothes and shoes and i remember like i had to take my nail polish off in advance Mm -hmm. like there had to be some like prep by my mom or my parents like in order for me to be ready um yeah and then you go and it's very like hushed Mm -hmm. ritualistic you go there's always like somebody ushering you through the steps so i um i like remember going in and being told this is what you're gonna wear and you need to change and that 
was really weird like that's like an uncomfortable experience sort of similar mm-hmm. to like going the do- to the doctor um but instead of a doctor's office you're in this like palatial sterile <laughs> but also like really opulent yeah um, there building. are literally golden calves like under the baptismal font right there's like 12 of them in a circle and the fonts on top it's like very ornate which is not how mormon chapels are so it's your first kind of introduction into like oh is this the church i'm in right but and you're also are... in the basement of the temple when you do baptism so you're yes. like not seeing the whole picture yet no and you don't i mean you really only see sort of like a locker room and uh, and it's a very nice quiet like silent sort of environment Mm -hmm. and then you go uh to the baptismal font and yeah there's like the golden oxen and the mirrors and then yeah it's just you and some guy Mm -hmm. and he um says some words and he's rattling off these names uh for who you're being baptized for dead people you're being baptized for i baptize you for and in behalf of so and so in the name of the father and the son and the holy ghost and then they dunk you and then they do it again uh for however many uh however many they're doing so i don't know how many how many i did or how many is normal it didn't seem like a ton but it was like you know probably like 10 probably like 10 or 15 yeah uh it didn't seem like it took super long and then and but but it's super weird and (laughs) and then you go and you get changed and we uh i remember we ate at the temple cafeteria Mm -hmm. because that's like a little treat yeah and then ate some jello and then you go and you just like kind of never talk about it again Mm -hmm. until Until the next time you go next year yeah until the next time yeah Yep. Um, that's my memory of it as well. And you're as young as 12. So you're pretty young. And like the only real like sort of spiritual requirements to be able to do it are that you've been baptized and that you do like a worthiness interview. So you have to like be interviewed by your bishop and he asks like, do you believe in X, Y, and Z? Like, do you have a testimony of Jesus, of the prophet, of whatever? Are you being honest? Are you, whatever. Do you pay your tithing? Yeah. Do you pay your tithing? Your 12-year-old tithing. (laughs) Are you giving 10% of everything you have, 12-year-old, to this church? Which So that they can make more golden calves for you to be, like, baptized on top of. It makes me so sick, honestly. (laughs) Like, because at at 12 years old, how much money, like, like, let's say I get $10 for my birthday. It really was like, give, you have to give a dollar. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. And I remember even as such a young kid kind of pushing back a tiny bit, like, do I really need to do this? Like, I have so little money and like 10% of this little bit of money feels like a lot. And yeah. And just being shut down. Like, do not let yourself even ask. I know. I remember feeling the same way. And then I remember there was a shift at some point to where our parents started treating it more like, well, it's your call. Mm, which was even I think worse. It w- was worse. And it was like, yeah, you want to see how that plays out? Like, are mm-hmm. you going to be honest with the bishop then? I got a lot of that as I was growing up. I remember like, 
buying tickets to a Dave Matthews concert in high school. And I, we thought we were buying tickets to Saturday, but we accidentally bought them for Sunday. Ooh. And I was like, oh man. And I remember like asking mom, like, you know, is it okay? Do you think just this once to go to a Dave Matthews concert on Sunday? And she's like, it's up to you. And I just knew what that meant. It meant right. if I did it, she was going to be disappointed. Yeah. that was And it would like angle. prove a lack of conviction on my part. So I didn't go. You didn't go? No. Wow. Look at you. I missed out on Dave Matthews at the Gorge in 2001. Like a chump. Classic. Classic. I know. Peak Dave Matthews era. Anyway, baptisms for the dead, man. Um, one like controversy around baptisms for the dead is that the Mormons um won't stop being baptized on behalf of like Holocaust victims, even mm-hmm. though like the Jewish community has demanded it repeatedly. There mm-hmm. are still like Mormons who will be baptized on behalf of these people. Um I read on Wikipedia that the that Mormons have been baptized on behalf of like Anne Frank like nine or ten times at Ugh. least. So bizarre, bizarre, That's absurd. Like consequences of this ordinance <clears throat> when you actually like think about how it plays out. And the idea for a believing Mormon is well, if you need to be a baptized Mormon to get to the highest degree of heaven we need to give everybody that chance which means if you've died without being baptized a mormon we got to do it for you mm-hmm. so they see themselves like engaging in this like deeply altruistic service right and like it can't har- it's not going to harm it anybody hurt so th- so in theory you're only supposed to be baptized on behalf of people you like have some kind of re- relationship to their relatives like an ancestor or their names that the church themselves have put together somehow but it's it's a it's the wild west they're doing whatever the hell they want um so the next tier ordinance is the washington anointing or the initiatory which we talked a ton about in our episode on temple garments so go back and listen to that if you haven't already and I don't think there's much more to say than what we said in there, it, but it's bonkers. Yeah. Um, and once you, you do the washing and anointing on the same day that you receive your endowment. So that's like the next tier. And just like when Joseph Smith first did it in the red brick store, there was like a instructional portion where you learn about like Adam and Eve and the creation of the earth and, how they like partook of the fruit and were cast out of the garden of eden but actually that was a good thing and like satan is there and peter james and john are there and they like learn about the priesthood and they learn about like the signs and tokens and stuff it's interesting and depending on the temple you go to you're either watching a live reenactment where like old dudes in white suits are like playing Peter, James, and John and Jesus so and spooky. stuff. Or you're watching a film, which when I went, the film was decades old. It was like trippy. 
And they've remade it a couple of times in recent yeah. decades. I don't know what the version is now. I feel like, um, again, believing Mormons see it differently <laughs> than I do and are like, there's so much to unpack in this film, like so much deep symbolism and meaning for me to just like unpack over hundreds of trips to the temple. I didn't feel that way and I have to say like not to be an asshole but I have a PhD in like um textual analysis <laughs> so like I feel like if there's like a deeper meaning to be found in a text like I'm up for that I'm like I can actually find it or make yeah. something up if I have to and I just sat through that film thinking like I don't really know what you want me to take from this like I get it I get it <laughs> you get the basic story you're telling here but like and so like big right deal do it <laughs> and the fact that you just watch it mm -hmm. over and over is so strange because the first time you go through the endowment ceremony you're getting it for yourself but then you're supposed to go back and do it for the dead just like baptism all of these ordinances you go once for yourself and then you do it over and over and over for the rest of your life sometimes weekly sometimes multiple times a week for dead people so like yeah over and over you're watching this weird weird movie and then after the instructional part with the movie you learn the signs and tokens that joseph smith learned from the freemasons but he gave them some fun names to make them a little more Jesus-y. And then you walk through a veil, a literal and veil. And signs and tokens, like, let's be let's be clear. It's like handshakes. Handshakes, yeah, handshakes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Secret handshakes. Mm -hmm. And you, like, there are promises that accompany each handshake. And you vow never to reveal them. And you, like, they're, back in the day, were, like, con like, death penalties that you accepted if you did reveal them it's that's what it is and like to the point that i've seen a lot of ex-mormon content creators who will like make the signs and tokens on tiktok or will even wear their temple clothes on tiktok because in the endowment you're in a full little outfit too hat yeah robe apron it's on and popping yeah. Um, so yeah, there are, you can see what the tokens are if you want to, you can, they're easy to find if you get on TikTok or Google them, if you really want to, I, I feel like I don't want Mormons to like find my address and come scream at me for yeah. talking about them in really specific ways, because yeah. it's the kind of thing that like, if you get the kind of vigilante believing Mormon hearing you talk about it it could be a big problem right it's a big fucking deal because they've literally vowed to like protect it with their lives right yeah so it's kind of intense so we're not gonna poke that bear <laughs> yeah we'd just rather not um but just google it it's there yeah. um yeah so then you like walk through a veil and you give the person on the other side of the veil the, the handshakes and you're invited into the celestial room, which represents the celestial kingdom. And then you sit there in silence and 
people are like crying and praying and really performing a kind of piety that again was always a little puzzling to me. I'm like, what are we all thinking about here? Like, what are we all unpacking? Because again, I'm a fairly analytical thinker and I don't have much to bring with me from that experience. Like Mm -hmm. it was weird. I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. And then for the, for the big finale to be walking through a veil into like, just like kind of a fancy, like stuffy big parlor room. Yeah. With like a chandelier. Right. So like heaven is like, Oh, uh, Ritz Carlton. Like a really sterile, fancy hotel. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Trump Towers. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Okay. Let's move along. Next tier in the temple is the ceilings. This is where people get married. Again, you do it once for yourself when you get married, but then you can go back again and again and do it for dead people. I was never sealed in the temple, but I've done ceilings for dead people. Uh, which is weird. It's like one of the only ones you can do, even if you've never done it yourself. Yeah, and that's weird. you're in the full getup again, like the apron, the robe. So, like, imagine your wedding day and how you think about like looking, and you are in a full Masonic costume. Yeah, and super this- weird costume old man who you likely have never met before like says 45 seconds worth of a script and you're married that's what a mormon wedding is and the only people allowed in are people who've paid their 10 percent right and that's an interesting thing to digest a little bit like sit with that for a second so let's say you've been to a mormon wedding as much as you could Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like you sat outside, um, while your friend or loved one was getting married in the temple and, um, all you saw was, uh, them come out and they're wearing their pretty, um, wedding dress and they look great and they get photos taken and the temple's beautiful and there's flowers and whatever. That's not what they were wearing inside. Mm -hmm. No, they were wearing all white bizarro um masonic costumes when while they got married with a green apron that represents like the leaves that adam and eve covered themselves with when they realized they were naked in the garden of eden like weird right and so like the the mormon influencer that you follow on instagram like all the pictures that they took let's you know Mm -hmm. let's let's be real like yes. what really was going on during their actual wedding yes also like the women are wearing spooky. little hats with veils on them and their faces are covered and i know veils are a thing in a wedding sure but in these a, like, are traditional weird. wedding but let's just yeah. when you put it all together it's and a again, little uncomfy you can google yeah feel free feel free um <clears throat> Last, but certainly not least, the top tier of the Mormon temple ordinances is the second anointing or ah, yes. having your calling and election made sure. Tell me about it. So what I did not know, um, I mentioned that Joseph and Emma Smith were the first to have this ordinance performed. 
it's only performed for couples who are married in the temple. So heterosexual temple sealed couples. And um, it's a, an, an, uh, an ordinance that assures your exaltation. It's like when you go, enter the temple and go through the washing and anointing, the initiatory, the first version of this, you are set apart to become like kings and queens, priests and priestesses, whatever that means, right? And yeah. in the second anointing, you are being anointed as these Hell things. Yeah. So it's, it's like you day. are now a king, a priest, a right. god, basically. Um, right. Your exaltation is assured. Whatever you do from here, you're in. Yeah, you're good. Um, It's like you've come far enough that you couldn't possibly do something to lose it. And even if you did, you must have had a good reason, right? Yeah. Um, So you just can't lose your exaltation at that point. Uh, Unless you apostatize apostatize from the church. That is like the one and only thing you can do to fuck it up. You could like commit sexual assault you could rob your best friend you could cheat on your wife none of that is going to take it away rock and roll it's the rock and roll hall of fame of apostasy Mormonism. only right yeah <clears throat> um one thing that i learned that was fascinating was that by 1846 which is the year that the mormons left nauvoo and And it was also the same year that the Nauvoo temple was completed, I believe. So they had like this very brief window where the temple was done and they were in Nauvoo before they had to leave because everybody hated them and they had to keep moving. Um, So 1846, 600 plus people had received their second anointing. Now, again, by the time Joseph Smith dies in 1844, only 50 people have been endowed. Oh, shit. So in a matter of two years, like proportionally, right, to the number of people who were even in Nauvoo, who'd been in down, it's like they are passing this out to the crowd. They're like, hey, everybody, everybody's exaltation is guaranteed. Yeah. Doesn't matter what shenanigans you get up to from here on out. You want to murder some people to get some land? isn't gonna keep you out of heaven you wanna you know like steal your best friend's wife and make her your plural wife (laughs) you must have a good reason god must have told you to do it i mean all bets are off when proportionally this many people are walking around like i've i've arrived i'm done there's nothing i could do wrong Mm. like think about the wild like hubris of this group of people what i don't really understand is like what was the thought process there like how is that serving the church you know that was like a wild drunken idea (laughs) seriously i think i assume that just got out of hand and like um again if you look at like the wikipedia article on second anointing it is a trip so feel free to dig further but it gives you a sense of like proportion and honestly for decades they were they were second anointing a lot of people Mm. and like 
John Taylor was one of the first ones to pump the brakes on it. He was like, whoa, whoa, I think we're kind of doing this too much. Mm. And we need to put some kind of barricades in place so not everybody is just doing this. And then that got like more and more strict over time until like the 1940s and 50s when it became more rare. And also the church stopped reporting how many people had done it. Because before that, there are numbers. We've taken a little detour. Yeah, after some technical difficulty, or maybe not technical difficulty, but baby difficulty, my my child has joined us. Yeah, welcome to the oh. podcast, buddy. Say something. <gasps> nice. Oh, what a grunt. So to wrap up Second Anointings, if you have not already, there are some episodes of the Mormon Stories podcast where a man named Tom Phillips talks about receiving his second anointing he was a stake president in the uk he got his calling an election made sure and then was like Ooh, the church isn't true actually and he shares like all the details of it and it is fascinating yeah that's i am not a much of a mormon stories listener no hate to anybody but i just am not yeah. every minute of the many hours of those episodes yeah. are worth listening to totally okay so that's the temple in a nutshell i mean there's more we could say but that gives you the basics it's it's a wild time it's a fascinating space it's just a weird little mormon masonic castle yeah it's totally wackadoo um kind of scary um weirder than you can imagine and um real nice real nice and the people who believe in it man do they love going there are like songs about how much they love going it is like date night it is a saturday activity it is the way you make yourself feel better than others it is everything yeah they really hype it up Thank you so much for your questions. We have others, but these are some big ones. So we thought they deserved an episode and we'll be happy to answer more in future episodes. So keep them coming. Send them our way. Um, Yeah, you can email us at pleaseblesspod at gmail.com. You can DM us on TikTok and Instagram at pleaseblesspod. You can follow us in all of those places. Follow us on YouTube. Like and subscribe write reviews on spotify and apple Podcasts. just all of it just do it all right bill yeah that's what he that's what he says bill's smiling at that sales he, pitch he's into that's what it he always says <laughs> bill's constantly like just review it on spotify buddies yeah watch it on youtube subscribe oh my gosh cute all right guys thanks so much please bless bill Mm, amen and please bless this podcast amen (laughs) part of me was like bill make a squawk come on say it say the line say amen (laughs) say it say it (laughs) oh wow what a good boy